Hi, I'm Mark Renner. This is Victory Over Sin. The price you paid for my life God's perfect sacrifice Sufficient for me The blood of God to atone My sin you made your own you have set me free You alone have risen You alone have saved us You alone have rescued us from the grave Glory you reign now All creation cries out You alone are King You Saturday afternoon to you. This is Victory Over Sin, and my name is Mark Rennick. I hope you are having a wonderful weekend. You're listening to this radio show, and just on a personal note, I'm moving today, man. I am moving out of Felony Flats, which is a real big deal for me. So think about me as you're listening to this taped program, which we've got special for you today. Victory Over Sin, what we attempt to talk about in the opening, at least, is how we are funded. And we are funded by a program called Systemic Change of Idaho, which is an advocacy organization through St. Vincent de Paul here in the southwest part of uh, the state of Idaho. Uh, We're happy that we do that. We're an advocacy program. Our mandate, if you will, is to share with the population, you, the general population, what it's like to be in prison and what it's like to come out of prison and live on parole. So that's a huge mandate that we feel strongly about. We've been doing this for about two and a half years now on the radio, and you can go back to the archives at KBXL and look up Victory Over Sin under local programs, and you'll see all the different shows. We've had all sorts of people, national dignitaries, state politicians, directors of the Department of Corrections. We've had interesting people who have been in the system, out of the system, some come out and failed. It's a real positive total work in terms of addressing people that 
work with those of us like myself who have been in the correctional system and who are attempting to survive it in, as we live our lives back in the community. We also do a PowerPoint presentation that you can request that we would come out and, and share with your church, with your community group, with your business, or even if uh, any kind of group that you would think it would be feasible for. It's a 25-minute PowerPoint, and it's put together by those of us that work at uh, Systemic Change of Idaho. And the great thing about this is it's delivered by a returning citizen themselves. So people will come out, they'll show the PowerPoint. You'll see the person come stand a little bit taller as they stand up and talk about the issues that you probably don't know about through the Department of Corrections. And that sparks questions, hopefully, and you get some answers in that session. But what we're really after for you to do is to then maybe question legislators about why it's this way and why we spend so much money on corrections and why many of these issues aren't fixed here in the state of Idaho. So that's what we do for Systemic Change of Idaho and we do on the radio program. Uh, we're excited about that and we are excited about the future. Those of you who have listened to the show may or may not know that we've got a new office now that is at 8620 West Emerald Boulevard, Suite 140. We're adjacent to the new um, one-stop shop with IDOC, and we are excited to be there 9 to 12, Monday through Friday. We pick people up from incarceration. We bring them to our office on the first day that they're released. We give them some clothing vouchers. We try to offer a support system in terms of as they attempt to transition out of incarceration. So we're excited about everything that's going on. We've got a new resource guide, too, that's uh, 40 pages long that is very impressive for those of us who are incarcerated and trying to get information. You can go to uh, our website that I'll let you know at the end of the broadcast and look up resource guide and you can actually download it now. So we're getting really, really sophisticated. The other thing uh, that I always tend to mention in this opening is that we're strongly associated with an organization nationally called Just Leadership USA. They are one of our supporters. And that organization takes people who have been incarcerated, like myself, and promotes their leadership skills. You can sign up and join that organization. This organization, based in New York, is what uh, one of the organizations, it is the organization that started the move to close Rikers in New York City. They're an advocacy organization and support, like I said, people, those of us who have been incarcerated. It's worth looking up online need any information, any information about any or all of these things, at the end of the show, I'm going to let you know how to get in contact with me, and we would be happy to help you and support you in those situations. I'm excited about our guest. Uh, it's going to be exciting. We will be right back. The United States has the highest percentage of its population in prison in the world. That's one in 200 Americans are currently serving time in a federal or local prison. As of May 2017, Idaho has 8,223 men and women incarcerated and another 17,201 on probation and parole. So upon release from prison, who works with these individuals and families to help them transition back into our community? This is done by what we call Returning Citizens Resources and coffee shop. We offer them a cup of coffee and some resources and information to help get them on solid footing with their faith, their recovery, and to begin their new life as our neighbor. It's designed for the offender's first stop from the institution. If you'd like to help us help them, please contact Mark Rennick at 629-8861. That's area code 208-629-8861. And if you're out in the desert needing any help for your transition, we pay for that call. 
kind of a special Saturday for you because I've got Vicki Ketchum in the uh, studio today. And Vicki uh, is a new life graduate from Boise Rescue Mission. Welcome. Hi, thank you. I'm going to explain real briefly what a new life graduate is because that's difficult. Uh, those of you who don't know that the Boise Rescue Mission has facilities in Ada County and in Canyon County. And at how many of the facilities is it? Uh, three, four? There's five rescue missions, but two of them have the new life program. Okay. The two men, the lighthouse has it. Men have it. Oh, a yeah, one. there's so three. So three. So there's at three of those centers, you can go through a program that's called the new life program. And that is an extensive, intensive program in which you essentially sign on or selected really to sign on, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, you go through like a 12-month, 18-month program in which you essentially support the work of the mission in terms of labor, but you also get your life totally turned around, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to get to what that is here in a second. And so she's a graduate. And to give you some kind of idea of that, that program has been going for 20 years. And I want to say that not many over 100 people have graduated from that program. So impressive, impressive. Thank you. Good. Tell me a little bit about Vicki and where she's from and her background. So I'm from Boise, Idaho. Okay. This is my hometown, and I've never lived anywhere else. Wow. Yeah, this is this is where I'm from. Hmm. I love it here. So you're a native. Yes. Okay. And so you obviously uh, ran afoul of the law to get incarcerated. You want to talk about that? Talk about how I got incarcerated. Sure. Or that led you to homelessness. Yeah. I'm assuming incarceration led you to homelessness. Yes. Yeah, it did. So, um, you know, I just kind of started out as any like experimental teenager, just, you know, smoking weed, drinking with friends on the weekends, that sort of thing after high school. And one thing led to another. And um, I started experimenting with painkillers. And that just, you know, kind of took a hold of my entire life. And I down spiraled to the point where I was now addicted to heroin and um, I did some shady things in order to continue my use and, you know, support myself, I guess, when I was going through that. And um, the things that I chose to partake in, you know, um, dealing drugs, doing drugs, it eventually led me to be indicted for trafficking heroin. Mm -hmm. And so I went to prison and that was in Ada County? Yeah, that was in Ada County. And um, when I got out, I had... So like, how long was the incarceration? So it was only for a year. Okay. Well, I was I was blessed with a writer oh, the okay, first good. time. Okay, and what people don't understand what a writer is, a writer means that she was sentenced to a certain amount of time, but the judge retained jurisdiction on her case and let her go off and do a writer, which is... Uh, so I assume you went... The women go first to Pocatello and then back to Boise over here? And- yeah, I was at the farm, SICI, okay. Okay. at the women's unit there. But, I mean, so I was sentenced to seven years. Seven years. So the, And then what that, what, mean, what that means is once she's completed this quote-unquote rider program, she goes back before the judge, and the judge makes a decision, therefore, on what to do with her from that point in time. Okay. Right. And so once I got out, um, I had like this overinflated self-confidence that I was good and everything was fine because I had been sober for all that time. And that wasn't the case because I never really replaced what was wrong in the first place that, you know, led me to start using drugs, which was just like this sense of no purpose and emptiness and loneliness. 
Did you go back to home? Then? Yeah, I went back to home. It's like my what I was missing wasn't due to the fact that I didn't have a wonderful support system because I always have. Mm-hmm. It was something that was much deeper than anything that like any actual person could ever give me. And I didn't know what it was. And I just thought that it was unattainable. Mm-hmm. I thought that there was just something that was wrong with me because I had everything that I thought I wanted. You know, I had everything that the world says that you should want and I was still unhappy. Yeah. And so um, then I went back to jail again. Because you made a violation or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, I started using again and um, it didn't take long for me to absolutely destroy everything that I'd worked so hard to get when I got out of prison. And I think also too, part of the thing with that writer program is you're on probation, but she's still then monitored. And there is always the threat's not the right word, but the consequences of your behavior for violating that probation always can be the seven-year sentence. Oh, yeah. Okay. And so then you must have made some mistakes there to get you back in front of a judge, right? Oh, yeah. And my judge was ready to impose all of my time and add additional time onto my sentence. He told me that last time I saw him in court. It was definitely, um, (sighs) it was terrifying. You know, I didn't want to go back, Mm -hmm. but I mean, who does? Who wants to go back to prison? Um, so what happened at that point in time? Well, so my options were extremely limited Mm -hmm. because uh, drug court wants nothing to do with me ever. And, um, there was no way I was going to get released just back on probation. I couldn't do another writer. So honestly, all I was looking at was my imposed time. And then I heard about the new life program Mm -hmm. that's offered from the Boise rescue mission And it was described to me as a 12-month intensive outpatient program. And I just thought, hey, that's better than, you know, seven years in prison. That's better than the five years that I have looking at right now. You You also have to go through a process where somebody came down and visited you. Yeah, yeah. So I had to fill out the application, which was just like, who are you? Why are you applying for this program? What do you need from us? What do you expect to get out of this? You know, and I... (laughs) I really didn't have anything to offer and I didn't really even know who they were at the time. They were mm-hmm. just like an out for me mm-hmm. and I really had no idea. And then two people came to interview me down at Ada County, Kelly Wilcox and oh, Peggy good. Cooper. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. So we're going to get to Kelly. Yeah. Kelly's amazing. Yeah. Um, they did my intake and they asked me who I was and, you know, I briefly told them my story and just how I wanted nothing more than to finally get my life back together. And I was willing to do whatever it took. Mm -hmm. And so they accepted me into their program, not even a week before my sentencing date. And so when I went to see my judge and he was telling me that he was ready to impose all my time, he looked at me and he said, you know, for some reason, Victoria, I still see something in you. And let me tell you, if you come back to court, not having completed this program, having any additional charges, I will send you to prison for much longer than I was already going to today. Mm-hmm. And he released me to that program. That's good. It was a godsend. It was, oh, and I also, uh, too, I think um, I, I love these stories because uh, you and I, I mean, we know Kelly, you know her better than I do, but she's been on this program. She was she was an advocate for the rescue mission. Uh, somebody did that to her in terms of the story and how that passes on is just very, very powerful. And it it proves the work that the rescue mission does in terms of that there are just some really fantastic stories. Were you a, was your faith or was your spiritual, was that something you had before you went to New Life? Was that where you were raised or anything? 
No, not at all. I wasn't raised into religion. I had never even been inside a church except for like a funeral and a mm -hmm. wedding. Yeah. You know, it just, it wasn't part of my upbringing. And I was honest with the rescue mission when I first got there. I had this advisor, Marsha Anderson, mm -hmm. and she was like one of my lifelines to getting through this whole program. She was just so patient and encouraging and motivating. She was awesome. But I told her, you know, hey, I'm an atheist. I'm like, I don't believe in God. You know, I my family doesn't believe in God. I've never had any experiences with that. But it's like I'm not closed minded. Like I want to know more, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> The way that she, because every time I had told someone who does have faith that, they almost instantly shut me down because they think that I'm going to shut them down, which isn't the case. I just want to know more. I just, I was, you know, ignorant to all of it. I didn't know anything about it. And Marsha, she walked me through everything that I could ever want to know. I read so many books about, you know, not even just who Jesus was, but like the history of everything in, you know, those times and um, how it was documented. And <laughs> I mean, just every like logical way to explain what Christianity was and who God is and who Jesus is. Um, she gave all of that information to me and she was so patient and understanding with me and my journey through learning how to trust in something that doesn't always realistically or logically makes sense mm -hmm. like we like to think of it and that was so important to me because no one had ever kindly explained that to me before mm -hmm. it was always just you have faith or you don't yeah and, and i also think too it's really hard for people to understand that everybody has to develop their own relationship with jesus christ absolutely. and so there is no cookie cutter kind of approach to that situation and so in some ways that's the great blessing that you were exposed to and got to experience. So that's yeah. really powerful. You know, I think, I mean, I know that God led me to that rescue mission exactly the way that he did on purpose, because Absolutely. I wouldn't have got to know Jesus the way I did if it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for everything f just failing around my life due to me just, I mean, I didn't have a purpose. That was my whole point. Mm -hmm. And I felt empty even though I had everything. And I didn't realize what I was missing until I was introduced to the love of Jesus, yeah. until I was introduced to the love that the Boise Rescue Mission showed me and what that looks like to actually feel like you have a purpose-driven life. Uh, it's, and I, I just, uh, you know, they will say, a lot of the people that, we work with people getting out of prison all the time, and nobody really wants to go to the shelters, and yet you can say, hey, hey look, good, there are some miracles happening down at the shelters. Oh, so much. And so you're one of those things that's a, that's a miracle, and that's... That is so cool. So let's fast forward a little bit because you got to graduate and um, uh, I will make a plug. She comes to, we have a Victory Over Sin meeting on Tuesday and Wednesday nights and she frequently attends those two, which is kind of nice. So we took uh, the whole group from Victory Over Sin or as many as we can get down there to your graduation on Friday night. That was Christian. amazing. And so the packed house was you there and you were just beaming and dressed <laughs> so elegantly. And let's talk Thank about you. that night. Uh, that night was so incredible. I mean, that had, I when I first got into the program, I knew that I had to complete it, mm -hmm. you know, but I didn't think that I could. I mean, it's so hard. It is very, very difficult. Especially where I was coming from, where I didn't even have a baseline faith. So it's like I just felt so out of place in the beginning. And actually, for the majority of my program, I felt like I didn't belong but I think that was one of the most beautiful things was even though I didn't belong into like their mold and the people who usually come there, it's like they 
embraced me so warmly and they didn't let me go and they were so patient with me the whole time and they just showed me so much love. And so once I finally finished that program, it was like all of this built up emotion that had been just brewing in me for the past year. And it's like, I finally completed something. It had been since high school, since I had actually completed anything worthwhile, you know, it had been five years. Mm -hmm. And so that was an accomplishment and that felt great. And to see all of my family and friends and a lot of whom I had burnt relationships with during my drug addiction. I mean, you know, just absolutely should have shattered that relationship. And they were all there for me because they can see the difference in who I am now versus who I was then. They can see the love in me. They can see the light in me. That's true. And I think that's, uh, everybody does. I mean, obviously we saw that too. And uh, our group to come thinking that, oh, we'll go be supportive of everyone. And here you have all these people that were there. <laughs> and it was just, but I think in the end, it was special for us too, because I was trying to think of the people from our group. I'm probably the only one that's been to these graduations before. But uh, yeah, it was good for them too. So they got to see you and got to see that experience. And so it's great. Yeah, those graduations are so powerful. You get to see all these people that just... Yeah, so if you're listening to our voice out and you get a chance, they are once a year, they're always in the spring and they're usually at 10 Mile Christian or Eustick Baptist or one of the major churches where they have them. And uh, it's really a powerful event to come. uh, All the graduates get all dressed up and the guys wear ties. Mm -hmm. uh, You dressed all elegantly and kind of glamoured. Uh, and it's just really a nice, a nice event. Yeah. And Bill Roscoe does a really good thing. And I, I will give credit to, I really like Don Pearson was doing this, this thing on, uh, he, they've got some good people associated with the uh, rescue mission. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Everyone who's associated with the rescue mission has nothing but love to give. Cause that's yeah. all it is. I mean, yeah. it's uh, real powerful. They just change lives. Yep, I mean, you can see why they're, yeah. they're actually so successful. Absolutely. Okay. So, and you, uh, what you doing? What are you doing now? What are your plans for the future? So right now, I'm just working a regular nine to five. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of getting back on my feet. I work at you know the new Albertsons. There you go. So that's a lot of fun. I really like the environment there. Um, I would really love to go back to school and get sure. my bachelor's in applied aviation science. Sure. Um, the FAA won't necessarily let me commercially fly helicopters, but that's not going to stop I, me. I don't, you know, I think a lot of times when I got out, people said I couldn't do stuff and um, the effort to change all those things is, is easy to do. Mm-hmm. I would just start along the path and you'll see what happens. I think um, if you'd have told me I've been out of prison, it'll be eight years this month on the 20th. That's next week, next week. Wow. And so, um, and so. If you'd have told me I'd be sitting eight years later doing what we're doing now and you're a part of too because you come to the group and because you've, you've expressed an interest in helping us change the whole system, that you know nobody would have ever done that. You know, Lots of different examples I can tell you that showing we're making a lot of progress and we need people like you to come along. And if you're listening to our voice, we need you too. So I mean, you're a returning citizen saying, I can't do that or I don't want to do that or um, I'll, somebody else needs to do that. No, it, it's not going to change unless Mm-mm. you are out there. You're the person that's got a job and you're hiding the fact maybe that you've been incarcerated or you're doing something about that. No, you're the people that we need to kind of step up and help us do that. So Yeah, and I, definitely. And I think Vicki's one of those candidates that will come kind of forward and uh, unite people. So sharing your story is, is powerful and uh, the waste of let's say, resources that the state had to put you in different spots when they could have just 
gave you some help initially and got you going. You right. Know, you know, it would have been a, a different way to look at it. Yeah, there was a lot of time wasted. Yeah. Well, I think in some ways the state might look at your situation and say it worked. The mm-hmm. judge gave you a situation, but it it still doesn't negate the fact that there's a system that you had to go through and God really had to intervene to yeah. get you in that spot. And that doesn't happen for the majority of the people. No, recovery never would have happened for me in prison. Yeah. I just, I would have been, my life would have been put on pause until I was released and then it would have started right back up again. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's different. I would say it's almost different for everybody. I mean, I, I know the alcoholic that I was, I never would have stopped drinking in any sort of treatment program. So mm-hmm. they, you know, he really did need to send me away for seven years or so and just get me totally away from it. But that's it's God works in different ways and we yeah, get to talk does. about those things all the time. That's what's fun about it. Yeah. Okay. Where else are you going to the future besides school? Uh, I don't know yet. I try not to think so far ahead to where I am not paying attention to the moment that I'm in right now. That's really good. Yeah. Because when I do that, I become detached. And when I do that, then I start to make bad decisions. And you know, I also think too, there's a process that us Christians don't do enough is to listen to the voice of the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit as we go forward. And sometimes people will say, I'm going to do this, 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 and this. And, you know, I always think, have you, t- who have you talked to about that? Yeah. You know, have you, you talked to God about that? Is that going to work for you? Or Yeah. So I think you really do need to give some credit where credit is good. I, um, you're an absolute delight. And I'm so thank happy you, we've crossed paths. And uh, I think I talked to Kelly last night, by the way, on the phone. But I yeah. said, you know, Hey, because she's switched gigs now. She's working mm-hmm. over at the... Uh, she's working at the warehouse she, now. No, she switched or one more time. the she's thrift store. The thrift store yeah. in Nampa, so I don't get to see her as much. But um, in part, she's the one that brought us together, so I... Kelly's uh, amazing. Yeah, I love her so is. much. And there's a bunch of amazing people there, too. So like I said, I'm uh, super happy that you are here. Thank you. And, I'm happy uh, to be here. Yeah. And I wish you all the luck, and hopefully we work together ongoing and change the whole world. What I hope think? so. Okay. I think that sounds amazing. Okay. Thank you very much. You alone have risen, you alone have saved us, you alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now, creation cries out, you alone are king. You alone have risen, you alone have saved us, you alone have rescued us from the grave. Glorious you reign now, creation cries out, you alone are king. Okay, as you can tell, um, you know, this, uh, of course, you're listening to us on a Christian radio station. This is uh, very good things happen in this world, and that's one of them. Uh, we need these kind of stories to go forward. If you have heard something that you, that uh, today that you want to get involved with, we're pretty easy to reach. You can reach out to us and talk to us at www.systemicchangeofid.com. You can send me an email at systemicchangeofidaho, all spelled out, at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Systemic Change of ID. We're on Instagram, Systemic Change of ID. You can even call me on the phone at area code 208-477-1006. We look forward to talking to you next Saturday afternoon on Victory Over Sin.